0: I would say that abortion is an economic issue. Um, folks that I see often cite economic issues for needing access to that care, and when we're denying that care, we're forcing them to stay in poverty. That means the children that they're forced to have as well as the children that are already at home.
1: I would, I would say that Bavik. Abortion- that's Dr. Bavik Kumar testifying in front of a committee the other day saying that uh, this abortion is an economic issue. Uh, you kill the unborn children of the poor so they won't have to be fed with the children already at home. I mean, really? Clarence Thomas grew up in poverty. Condoleezza Ra- I mean, you know, these pe- there are people all across this land, white, black, Asian, Jewish, Lutheran, uh, uh, every race, color, gender, creed, religion who have grown up in poverty and have done great things, and yet now we have doctors who work for Planned Parenthood justifying abortion. We have people uh saying that gender this same doctrine that same testimony said that a man can have a baby a man can have a baby and the congressman said who was questioning he said okay we're done how can i how in the world can a man have a baby well he was talking about a female who puts earrings and a necklace and a dress on and then she can have a baby but calling himself or herself a him we have gone stark mad ladies and gentlemen it's the Randy Tobler Show. I want you to call me on the issues of the day. Climate change, gender ideology, 314-912-1019. These are the issues the left wants to make of the day, not the economy, the borders, law and order, the real issues of the day. They have got their heads somewhere in the unicorn and rainbow land. We have a caller on the line now, doesn't want to give her name, but works at a local hospital. Thank you for calling the program. It means a lot. Uh, what's what's on your mind this morning, caller?
0: Hi. Hey, good morning, Randy. I've um, spoken to you previously. I've been a nurse for 40 years, and at our hospital, we're currently doing gender surgeries, which I find, and I work in that department, very disturbing. Mm -hmm. We've had Mm. girls as young as 18 doing total hysterectomies on them. They've already had their top surgery, and we've probably done a half a dozen so far, but I find it in Working with these patients, they are so many of them have psych diagnosis, and they're not getting that mm-hmm. care. I mean, it's like your previous caller said, in days gone by it was older people that it had to live a year that way. There's no way an eighteen year old my youngest is twenty seven she didn't know what she wanted till she was twenty six years old you know it it's just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i it's very disturbing to me. And I think people need to be aware and wake up and realize it's about the money. It's happening here in St. Louis. This isn't somewhere else. Some, you know, New York, California no. thing. It's here. It's about the money. I am appalled that the doctors, what happened to the oath of the Hippocratic oath of first do no harm. And then the second, well, you know, I, I is- need
1: to ask you, let, let me ask you this. Uh, the, the organizations that we are certified by, uh, pretty much across the board. I can tell you the American College of OBGYN, they're very pro-abortion, they're very pro-every, all the woke things, I, and it goes across all the specialties. This has just just influenced and, and has, has infiltrated academia across the land. I don't know if you're at an academic institution or not, um, but, uh, you know, it, it's almost as though, and in some states, uh if a doctor pushes back against this, they could lose their license at the licensing boards what are your what are your nursing professional nursing organizations saying about this? Are they endorsing it are they pushing back Where, what are you reading
0: i don't i really don't know because i don't um i haven't had't you know i haven't been involved in the national organizations or anything but it's just amazing to me that how so many even in the nurses in my department just kind of go along with it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sitting here going, no, this is wrong. You know, and the thing that bothers me is I'm also a Lutheran and I don't agree with this. And it's like, do I have rights as a, to, you know, refuse to participate in care? You know what I'm saying? It's like participating in abortion. Like, can I refuse to participate in this? Because I just feel like, it is so wrong on so many levels, and doctors that I would have never expected have and done these procedures. And I'm guessing it's like you that they can't do the pushback. The other thing I've seen is the diagnosis in the notes. Then it says exactly it's gender dysmorphia, but then you're seeing codes on the chart for dysmenorrhea and pelvic pain. Isn't oh that no! Fraud! <laughs> oh my
1: gosh! Oh yeah! Now that's something. Look. Look, I have been involved in the, these surgeries in people that are beyond the age where we know, you know, I don't know if you've heard my interviews before with Erica Komisar, um, uh, who is the author of several parenting books. She's a yes, uh, parenting she's and, and counselor and she's great. And, you know, she says that and, you know, I, we've talked about it at length on several interviews. You know, we used to think of adolescence as being over, you know, when you're out of your teens, you know, she says no adolescence really goes all the way through like you said your daughter's mid-20s 25 26 the the judgment centers of the brain the prefrontal cortex not it's not developed until 26 27 look we live in a free country I disagree with people that want to get do this to themselves when they're 30 years old 32 years old but at the same point I respect their right to do it I disagree okay that's fine right and I don't think that's what this discussion about. this discussion is about people who don't especially if it's 18, 14, 16 puberty blockers younger than 14 you know uh-huh. 12, 11. this is this is an experimentation on the on the on the level on magnitude of the Nazis doctors doing experiments. you know the, the Tuskegee experiment where we are experimenting on children and letting them call the shots it just worries the heck out of me. And 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 you've probably read about what the Daily Wire, uh, uh, Matt Walsh, uh, exposed at Vanderbilt. It's all yep. about the money. Doctors saying, "Yeah, yep. we support our whole clinic through
0: phalloplasties." You know,
1: it's unbelievable.
0: Yep. And yet, and it's just it's, so it sad like these say, people, yeah. they'll wake up ten years from now and have regrets or decide they're not a man. And then where are they? That yeah. there's yeah. N- this is permanent. It's not like you know. Top surgery, even I could say, Okay, fine. You remove the breast. You can't breastfeed, but you can put in breast augmentation. But once they do on an eighteen-year-old, a total hysterectomy, mm-hmm. there's nothing. There's no going back. If she's thirty and wakes up and decides she wants to be a woman, there's no kids for her. There's no. There's nothing. You know. Plus, not to mention all the hormone damage you've done over the well, years. That's
1: right. And, we, we don't know what that long-term hormonal therapy that they're undergoing with long-term testosterone therapy. I mean, no, this is, we're doing a grand experiment and look at a minimum, the people that are promoting this ought to at least admit that it's an experiment and that there's a lot of Mm -hmm. uncertainty about it, but they don't do that. They're certain about this. This is a great thing to do. This is wonderful. And yet they claim to be scientists. It's crazy. It's insane.
0: Yeah. It's just really sad. And it's, um, I wish I could retire. I'm not financially and in, in a position for that right now with this economy. But it's like I just don't want to be around this anymore. <laughs> healthcare has changed so much in the 40 years. It's not healthcare anymore. It's mm-hmm. counting widgets and productivity. You know, it's not taking. Well, I'll tell care you, I am
1: developing a new model. I've talked about it a lot, but I am no longer a part of Turnstile Medicine, and I've uh, I'm I'm checked out of it, and I'm not going to be a part of it. I'm going off the grid as many doctors are and uh, here in yep. St. Louis and other places and uh, just de- dealing directly with patients and taking good care of them with a direct relationship and i think more and more yep. people both in both patients receiving care as well as those giving it do not want to be a part of it anymore because it's become sorted and it's nothing more than the industrial medical complex that's all you can call it yeah yeah
0: that's, that's what it is and oh. people need to wake up because they don't understand yeah. what's going on the yeah, you know, yeah. regular folks. So, but thanks for taking my call. Well, thank you for your courage to call
1: and God bless you as you try to struggle with uh, the struggles of needing to pay the bills and have a job, but also your uh, your conscience. So I will be praying for you as I know many in the audience will as well for some peace. Thank you, I appreciate it. Thank you very, very uh-huh. much. God bless. Great call, great call. 314-912-1019 if you want to join in on the conversation. We are at a tipping point we are in a tipping point on this uh, in this nation at this time with this woke ideology. If we don't push back now, where are we going to go next? Will will a, will a person 12, 13, 14 years old, will a child be able to, at, in a near future, say, you know, I feel like I want to have sex with an adult. And it's just the right thing to do. I, I just don't, I feel like I'm in an older body. And so I should be able to do that you laugh. I wouldn't laugh. We are on a slippery slope, and the left is lubricating it with WD-40, and we are sliding down to cultural erosion and devastation if we don't realize that there are cultural boundaries that have for two centuries been recognized. Not that everyone always kept those boundaries. That's not the point. But just because someone rolls through a stoplight doesn't mean that we shouldn't have stoplights <laughs> it doesn't invalidate them and, and we and those judeo-christian underpinnings that the founding fathers recognized in a free society you have to have cultural boundaries on primal freedom because if you give people the freedom to do whatever they want look at what people will do and we've thrown away our institutions that put regulations and put some breaks on our, on our, on our flesh, our sinful beings and look at what's going on. And I just don't know where we're going to go. Hey, just to set up what's going on the rest of the show, we're going to be talking with Anthony Lupo. Tony's a good friend of mine, university of Missouri, atmospheric, uh, and um, uh, science guy, and really a very knowledge about all these things. We're going to talk with him about the climate change hoax. He edited a book, uh, that, uh, uh, was uh, was really, is a, is a great read on, on these matters. Talk to him about hurricanes, the science of them. Uh, talk about whether Don Lamone, who says that, yeah, I grew up in Florida and I know that these things are getting more severe. Well, we're going to talk about the actual facts. We're going to actually talk about the science. The left wants to talk about the science. We'll show them some science at 825. And uh, Frank Catanzaro from uh, the St. Louis Young Republicans joins us at 845 as we wrap up the program as well. So lots coming up on the Randy Tobler show today. Do we have a caller, Leah? I saw you on the phone there.
2: Uh, we did, but she just gave me some information to pass on to you later.
1: What's the information to pass on? Let's go for it.
2: Um, she said she had emailed you before about some books. She didn't give her name, but she said she'd emailed you about some books she'd really appreciate you to check out and talk about on the show in the future.
1: Okay, I will do that. We'll talk about it off the air. I may have missed that email. I don't know. I've got get a lot of a lot of email. All right. Hey, let's uh, let's step aside. And then uh, when we do, we'll come back and we'll talk with uh, with Tony Lupo. I think you'll find this really informative. Tony is a scientist. He's also uh, a conservative and uh, he will push back against the crazy arguments on the left. uh, Why were you know what if we vote for more Democrats, as Amy Klobuchar said, we played it earlier. Will those hurricanes go away? I'm wondering. There was no Democrat. There was no Amy Klobuchar. There was no Gavin Newsom. There was no Joe Biden. No left. No squad. When hurricanes were happening long before. I'm Randy Tobler. There's Leah. We are the Randy Tobler Show on 1019 941 News Talk STL. We are so glad you're here. Fill up that cup of coffee. We'll be right back. I love like- Welcome back to the program. We always enjoy talking uh, with my friend and department chair and professor of atmospheric science at uh, Mizzou, Anthony Tony Lupo. And uh, Tony is uh, is uh, just renowned in terms of his knowledge and um, exposition of true science when it comes to uh, atmospheric issues. Tony, thank you for joining me on a Saturday. I know you're a busy dude. I appreciate having some of your Glad time. Glad to be this morning.
2: here with you, Randy.
1: So um, you are, uh, of course, very obviously well-versed. This is your life work. And you it must be driving you crazy to hear things like Don Lemon said the other day on his program. Take a listen to this. Uh, so listen, I just, I'm just trying to get that you said you want to talk about climate change, but what, what effect does climate change have on this phenomenon that, that is happening now? Because it seems these storms are intensifying. That's the question.
2: Here. I don't think you can link climate change to any one event. Okay. On the whole, on the cumulative, uh, climate change uh, may be making storms worse. uh, But uh, to link it to any one event, um, I I would caution against that.
1: Okay. Well, uh, Listen, I grew up there, and these storms are intensifying. Something is causing them to intensify. Okay, so Dan (laughs) Limon, uh, being the meteorologist he is, Tony, says that he knows that these storms are intensifying, and others have said that it's uh, it's all because of climate change that uh, we're having more and more of them. And I think there may be some actual science as opposed to the pseudoscience. What say you?
2: Well, you're right. Uh, there's been a, I mean, the lead up to Hurricane Ian, we had a lot of this pseudoscience. But the real science is this, is, is that in the Atlantic region, we are seeing an increase in the number of storms and a slight increase in their intensity. But we can't attribute that exclusively to climate change because there's other parts of the world, like the West Pacific, where hurricane numbers have decreased and have decreased quite substantially, actually. And in the southern hemisphere, we've seen a decrease. And so globally, overall, the number of hurricanes has not changed appreciably in 40 years.
1: So that shoots a hole in the thesis that global warming, climate change, now, you know, politically correct term, is... (laughs) Ha- is really what's responsible for what's going on when you look at it in totality, right? I mean, people are trying to they're cherry-picking this information for an agenda. That's the only way I can read it.
2: Well, that's true, and that seems to be the way that uh, uh the the way that the left uh acts with this issue is they they tend to pick up on a fact that supports what they're about to say. Um, you know, you can't you can't uh to be fair, you can't uh, exclusively say that the left does this, but they seem to be doing it more and more egregiously. But uh, but climate change is an issue that's uh, way too politicized right now.
1: Yeah, uh, we're talking with Tony Lupo, who's co-author of the book Hot Talk Cold Science, published in twenty one. Global warming's unfinished debate. It's revised and expanded third edition, uh, third edition. Um, I- on the on the uh, the weekday show that I do in Columbia, uh, Tony, you and I have talked uh, uh, previously about some of the the natural things that happen on a planetary and, a, and on a you know on a on a uh, you know a physics level uh, that uh, with the wobbling of the Earth on the one hand and periodic variations on the orbit of the Earth on the other that do have um, on different timescales effects on our climate. Can you discuss that? Uh, because I, I don't know if a lot of people are aware of that. We talked with actually a film producer earlier, Nina May, from the Renaissance Women Productions, who actually referenced the wobble of the Earth. But can you unpack that for us so listeners can understand how that can, on different timescales, affect climate uh, climate around the, uh, around the globe?
2: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, there are three parameters in the Earth's orbit that do vary over very long time scales. For example, our our Earth's orbit around the sun becomes more elliptical or more circular on a 100,000 year time scale. And the tilt of our axis varies on about a 40,000 year time scale. And the uh, wobble of our axis, that varies on a uh, 26,000 year time scale. And these three things combine to to form the 11 ice ages we've seen in the last 2.1 or 2.5 million years. So uh, these things have been very influential on our climate. When When you get to shorter term things, things that are varying our climate in terms of people's lifetimes, because, again, some of us older folks can remember when there was more snow, can remember when days were hotter. Uh, There are things in the uh, ocean currents that uh, vary on a uh, 30 to 50 year timescale. And then you've got the solar variations that have 11, 33, 88 year timescales and things like that. And so the climate is a very complex problem. It's not as easy as uh, as a lot of folks on the left tend to portray it, they they tend to portray that we've figured out climate and that it's easy. Humans are controlling it, and all we need to do is enact policies to have a better future.
1: I think we should define um, where you stand, um, and I I don't know that I'd ask you this question really, but I think about people like Bjorn Lomborg um, who is an environmentalist. I mean, I'm an environmentalist. I want to have clean air and clean water. America has done that in the, in the guise of capitalism, uh, in the past decades until recently (laughs) without falling on the sword. I mean, you can have both, can't you? Can't you be responsible, uh, with clean water, clean air, uh, and recognizing the resilience and the things that we can't change on the other hand about our climate. Um, Where do you stand on sort of the environmentalism versus uh, versus uh, the unfettered, uh, you know, uh, uh, progress of industry, for for instance, where do you stand on that whole argument?
2: Well, well, there's a lot to unpack there, Randy, that you just uh, that you just put out there. So. Uh, I'll try to. I know that. That's why I asked you
1: because you you were capable (laughs) of unpacking it. That's why I asked you.
2: (laughs) I'll I'll unpack it this way. Uh, Since since the uh, turn of the 21st century, our emissions per capita are down to the point where they were in around 1970, and as a nation, our emissions are down now to where they were in the late 90s and this is according to the world bank which is no right-wing organization now um, is that great yes and these things have been driven by consumers consumers want more efficient uh, more efficient uh, appliances they want cars that get better gas mileages i want those things <laughs> and i am a huge fan of the of the market i believe if there is a problem that we're better off letting the market address it rather than uh, through governmental action and uh, i and i think the market is a better way to do that but but as on the issue of climate change um people people throw around pejoratives like denier there are no deniers deniers, if you will, uh, acknowledge that climate change has been happening since we've had an atmosphere here on Earth. And so um, if we are contributing, it's probably a small portion and it's probably something that the market can address.
1: Yeah. And by the same token, can't the Earth adjust? I mean, the Earth is an unbelievably... God has created this planet and its atmosphere, unique among the entire universe, um, to be resilient. And again, not this is not to excuse away abuse of our world. We're called to be good stewards of it in the good book. But I mean, the earth can respond and adapt, right? Or wrong.
2: No, you're absolutely right. And we are called to be good stewards. But to show you how resilient the earth is, all right? It, there are some model solutions that project into the future that climate could cool due to excessive co2 uh, if you get enough clouds and clouds oh. are a way that uh, uh, the clouds are a way that the nature has to filter the or lessen the amount of solar radiation that gets into the earth. So if you have a lot of cloudiness you would actually cool the earth. And so it's, it's What's interesting. What's that movie? Wasn't that there a of... movie, that,
1: The Day After Tomorrow, where that happened? Isn't that the, Wasn't that the movie where that happened? Maybe I'm wrong, but there's a movie where all of a well, sudden that happens. All of a sudden there's massive cooling. Yeah. That's right.
2: That's right. What happened in The Day After Tomorrow, of course, is they had the melting of the uh, Greenland ice and the polar ice and then that slowed down the Gulf Stream overnight, and uh, that cooled uh, all of New York and, and the Northeast U.S. and Europe. And uh, yeah. that would happen, but over very long timescales. Uh, that would happen over uh, thousands of years, not overnight, as portrayed in the movie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: when, when can we get you? When can we get you to speak at the? At the DNC, at the, at the Democratic caucus in Congress, uh, when can we get you an audience with the presidents? They need to hear Tony Lupo's well-informed and highly academic analysis of their craziness, their insanity on the left. They're bringing us to our economic knees, Tony, while China and India keep belching out the emissions that they claim to say are ruining the world. It's just insane.
2: It, it is. It is because, and especially in China's case, where they'll speak the right words, they know it, they know what drives our media, and they'll say, oh, we're going to stop building these coal plants by 2030. We're going to stop doing this by 2035. And then they go on their merry way without uh, without regard to what they just promised. And so, um, you know, they're a particular bad actor in this arena.
1: Yeah, it's terrible. Well, hey, uh, if we can uh, if we can focus a little bit on Hurricane Ian, it's been it's been really heart wrenching to watch some of the scenes there. And I mean, we hear about more and more and more deaths, and I'm sure, uh, sadly, a lot more will be discovered in the recovery phase. And as people try to get back on their feet there. Were you surprised at the course of this storm? I mean, it's still ongoing. Uh, it seems like it really is like a cat. It has, well, not nine lives, but this hurricane had a couple of lives, didn't it? Can you go through the science of hurricanes a little bit for us in the context of Ian?
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Hurricanes are basically heat engines. And they, they take in a lot of water vapor uh, in the tropics that tends to build up at this time of year. And if you've got a cyclonic system and the waters are warm and the atmosphere is relatively uh, calm, what happens is you start to get a lot of convection. And that convection releases that heat that that comes from the ocean through evaporation and puts it into the atmosphere. So you can kind of think of hurricanes and tropical systems as heat release valves kind of like yeah. you have on a hot water heater or a governor in your engine yeah. or something like that. They keep the tropics from getting too hot. And so these storms will happen. Um, Ian took the path. Ian took a kind of a little bit of a tortured path, but but they do tend to move from west to east um, I'm sorry, from east to west <laughs> in the tropics, they go opposite. And then it took the turn up through the Caribbean, through Cuba and into the United States. And now it's into the northeast United States and the jet stream will carry it away. And what happened last night is that the storm transformed itself from a tropical storm to a, a winter like storm because of the uh mm. Uh, temperature contrasts that we're seeing now between uh, Canada and the tropics.
1: I wonder to. And about so, that. yeah, that's crazy.
2: Yeah, yeah. These these storms. I mean, Ian took a slightly tortured path, but in the whole, on the whole, it was a typical path. You'd, they they move from east to west, make that turn north because of the rotation and curvature of the earth. And then they get picked up by the jet stream and carried out.
1: I know you've done cyclonic research as well. And we heard about the cyclone in Alaska. I don't recall hearing about cyclones in Alaska. I mean, what's, what was that all about?
2: Oh, the one in Alaska was very interesting because that was the same kind of case. There was a very powerful typhoon in the West Pacific That made its way into the Japan area, and it transformed from a tropical system to a winter-type system. And uh, because uh, because the Pacific Ocean is so full of moisture, and there's a lot of temperature contrast there, again, between Siberia and the Pacific, that storm became uh, or remained very powerful, and then hit Alaska, and that happens more often than the media will tell you. <laughs> they they said it's oh. unusual, uh, but it does happen yeah. quite a bit actually. And the the only thing that was a little unusual about that storm was the strength of it, but the uh, the fact okay. that it hit Alaska was uh,
1: was quite usual. <clears throat> huh. I didn't realize that. Oh, wow. Well, as always, it is informative and it's entertaining and uh, it's always so spot on. And uh, frankly, it's reassuring to <clears throat> Tony to have your expertise, um, you know, at the nexus of science and politics, because that, of course, is where all of the sausage gets made. And uh, unfortunately, it's going it's going rotten up there in D.C. So hopefully someone is listening and uh, maybe I'm going to Leah, we're going to send this. uh, We're going to send this segment up to Biden's White House and the and the DNC. We're going to get it up. (laughs) Thanks very very much, Tony Lupo. Always, it's a treasure uh, and a privilege to talk to you. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it.
2: Randy, uh, it's always good to be on your show. So give me a call anytime.
1: (laughs) I will. And again, the book, ladies and gentlemen, is Hot Talk Cold Science, uh, and it's uh, by Anthony Lupo, and you can get on Amazon. I'd pick it up. All right. Have a great weekend, Tony. All right, guys, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to Frank Catanzaro about the Freedom Fest coming up uh, next Sunday, Sunday, October 9th, 9th, the second annual Young Republicans Freedom Fest Barbecue. And, of course, News Talk STL is going to be there with Tim Jones and Chris Harps. We'll cover that when we come back here and wrap it up on The Tobler Show on a beautiful autumn day in St. Louis. We'll be right back. welcome back to the program hey i want to thank you for being with me this and every saturday morning and uh, continuing to support this program this station as we get the word about conservatism true americanism those first principles and uh, try to turn this big ship around because this ship is heading like the titanic towards a giant iceberg and if we don't fix it Lord knows what's going to happen to our children and their children, because we are at a tipping point in this country. We appreciate you listening. If you uh, if you want to catch us on video feed as well, you can check us out on Facebook, Rumble, and YouTube, and uh, that's always fun. Um, Katie tells uh, uh, Katie uh, Leah tells me that we've had a lot of listeners uh, uh, looking at the at the video feeds, right?
2: Uh, Yeah, on Rumble, and we're actually Facebook, Rumble, and Twitter, not YouTube yet.
1: Uh, Facebook, oh, not YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, yep. and U- and uh, Twitter. That's right, Twitter. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, listen, uh, we're going to talk now, speaking of uh, preaching the gospel of conservatism and standing against tyranny, we're talking with Frank Catanzaro, the president of uh, St. Louis Young Republicans, and we appreciate him being with us. How you doing, Frank? Thank you for being here. Huh? Big event coming up next weekend.
3: Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Randy. Really appreciate it. We've got a a huge event coming up next weekend, the St. Louis Young Republicans. We are hosting our second annual Young Republican Freedom Fest Barbecue. It's going to be at the GOP headquarters in Fenton next Sunday, October 9th from 11 to 2. We have some pretty impressive speakers coming out. We've got Congresswoman Ann Wagner. We've got Attorney General and future U.S. Senator Eric Schmidt as well as Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft, along with a lot of local and other state elected officials coming out. So yeah, we'd love to have all of your listeners join us.
1: That's great. And uh, now I have one question for you, Frank. You're the St. Louis Young Republicans, and I understand the MCs are Tim Jones and Chris Arps. Hello.
3: That's right. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we wanted to make sure that we kept it pretty close to home with, with your station there. And you know, Tim and Chris have always been big I, supporters of the organization.
1: I know they're they're great, I, and they're and they're young at heart. I know, even though they may That's not right. be young chronologically. That's okay. That's okay. Hey, and you have don't got a slave
3: based on age. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the the age and wisdom of we're, my opponent this is a reverse reagan comment the age and wisdom of my opponent i won't hold them against that i won't hold it against that that's yeah, right we're, we're hey, very inclusive. that's a big lineup with eigel and wagner and schmidt and I, schmidt is mm-hmm. apparently kicking butt uh against trudy bush valentine in the uh, in the polls coming up so uh mm-hmm. i think that'll be great to to hear eric and uh, representative nick schroer and uh dr yep. george schruza a friend of mine uh boy, a lot I'm of a big surf. names there. That's great. That's great. You know, we and, we, uh,
3: wh- we are so blessed to have all these speakers coming out, so we're really excited about this event and folks really should get tickets because they're going quick and it's only a week out.
1: That's great. Now, an adult ticket's 30 bucks, a student 20 bucks, kids $5. Boy, I would what a great opportunity for, you know, less than the cost of taking the kids to a ball game, much less than the cost of taking kids for the ball game by the time you talk about Uh, you know, buying the concessions and everything, because food and beverages are included in this ticket price. What a great opportunity for people to get their kids involved in the political movement and the right side. And I mean that right, right, right side of the political spectrum.
3: Absolutely. And, And, you know, I can tell you just from an organizational standpoint, you know, people people don't realize the young Republicans are even out there. You know, we are a national organization um, and just here in the state of Missouri, we have six chapters throughout the state, St. Louis being our largest. You know, we're in Kansas City. We're in mid-Missouri. We're even out in St. Charles, Springfield, Jefferson City, Columbia. So, you know, our organization is growing. More young people are wanting to get involved with the young conservative movement. And, you know, they, they care so deeply about the problems that are facing our country. And as you well know, Randy, I mean, there, there is not going to be any, any, Anything that's going to improve in this country until we get some some new candidates in office and especially younger people that have some new ideas on a conservative bent.
1: Yeah, Um, this is the Freedom Fest barbecue. We're talking with Frank Catanzaro uh, about the Freedom Fest uh, barbecue uh, coming up Sunday, October 9th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, that will be at the St. Louis County GOP headquarters, right? That's Gravelly Bluffs Drive in Fenton, Missouri. It's a great, great venue. Uh, And how do folks go about getting tickets? What's the most effective way? We're partnering, of course, with News Talk STL. Glad to help promote it. Uh, What's the best way for folks to get tickets before they do run out? Sure.
3: So they can actually save $5 if they get their ticket by tomorrow by visiting stlyrs.com. That's S-T-L-Y-R-S dot com.
1: So let's talk about youth, young people and um, conservatism. We hear an awful lot on the national news about um, the left having some success this cycle, especially with the Dobbs decision. Um and the uh, proposed forgiveness of student loans, although the, the administration walked it back a little bit uh, in, uh, in uh, this last weekend with certain subgroups that may not be eligible for that now. Uh, what, how do you see young people in terms of uh, their, their overall sensibilities, uh, conservatism, uh, liberal, uh, progressivism, left and right? Are you seeing some momentum, some growth on the right side of that fence Frank or not?
3: Absolutely. I mean, we we've been seeing growth within our organization, you know, over the last four to five years. And I can tell you, even within the last two years, since Joe Biden has taken office, we've seen an increase in our membership by 20 percent. You know, young people, especially on the right side, are concerned about the issues that really matter, which is the economy, which is jobs, inflation. You know, we have a failing foreign policy system. And and I'm telling you, young people are just like folks in, in the generation above us, they're concerned about the very same things. And so our organization gives gives young people between the ages of 18 and 40 the opportunity to come to an area, to be around people that are like-minded, to discuss the issues, to meet their candidates, or perhaps to even consider running themselves and having our organization help support them in that effort. So I can tell you, yeah, young people are very concerned, and they want to get involved to help solve these problems that our nation is facing.
1: So there's this... Uh... Uh, of course, one of the great um, pillars of Christianity is called apologetics, and people being able to defend their faith in in you know the theologic debate, for instance, um, and mm-hmm. being able to talk about that. Uh, similarly, when it comes to conservatism, what are some of the most effective um, apologetics? Some of the arguments that. Listeners, whether they're adults of young people, whether there are young people who are conservative and are talking with their liberal or their moderate or worse, their unengaged friends. What are some of the, most, the best arguments that, that seem to resonate with people that, that are moved by, hey, he's going to forgive my, my debt. Hey, uh, he's going to give me free daycare as I start out into the workforce. Hey, they're going to give me this. Hey, they're going to give me that. What are some of the most effective arguments for conservatives trying to sway the minds of persuadable uh, liberals or moderates that are young?
3: Absolutely. And we're seeing this a lot on the campaign side, especially here in some of our local races in St. Louis County in some of these more swing areas. We really have to connect with independents and soft Democrats by ensuring that we're meeting them where they're at. And for a lot of folks, Mm -hmm. again, the the key issues are going to be the economy. It's going to be inflation. It's going to be how much am I paying at the gas pump? How much am I paying now for breads and milk and everyday items? And that's where we can really reach folks. And you're going to see that all over the country. And I can tell you, if we can get through some of the the more contentious issues, like the abortion issue that's yeah. really taken a, a big chunk out of the, the the polling for us, you know, we we can assume that we can get back to where we need to be, the issues that truly matter. And I think a lot of folks resonate with having fact, be able to back up your argument. And usually conservatives have done a little bit more research than our friends on the left.
1: Yeah. And I think, too, that, you know, the law and order issue, I, I find it interesting that people that live in the in the bluest of blue jurisdictions, Frank, um, you know, in our cities, including St. Louis, one of the leading murder capitals of the world and other violent crimes. again, Well, and crimes against mm-hmm. property as well. Um, it's amazing how that issue alone, I would think, would drive people to at least take a look at an alternative, wouldn't you?
3: You you would think, Randy, but, you know, unfortunately, our friends on the left who control a lot of the, the politicians that run in those areas, especially St. Louis City and, and North St. Louis County, you know, they, they yeah. just don't prioritize and, and they don't see things the same way we do. But we have to try to connect with those people right. and, and make sure that they can understand that we have some solutions to these mm-hmm. problems. You know, we, we had a bill in the state Senate several years ago that would have allowed the attorney general to come in. And and practice concurrent jurisdiction to prosecute violent crimes and homicides in St. Louis City. Yep. And and unfortunately, it didn't make it through. But we have to be able to connect with folks locally to solve these problems.
1: Yep. Well, it's great. And the St. Louis Young Republicans will help you get uh, into that movement if you're not there or to expand your ability to spread the good word. And uh, rub shoulders with a lot of great uh, conservatives at Freedom Fest Barbecue. And you can learn more at stlyrs.com events. Hey, thank you, Frank. Appreciate it.
3: Thanks, Randy. Have me on any time. I appreciate it. All right.
1: Hope. Hope to talk to you again. Well, folks, that wraps it up. We're out of time. And as we sign off again, remember that without recognition of the God that created us and sustains us and without our family and without our faith, our family and our freedom, we ain't going anywhere. But those values, those traditions, those institutions will get us where we need to go in this greatest country the planet's ever seen. Thank you for being with me this morning. We'll see you next week. Have a fabulous weekend.
2: Christ was born across the sea with a glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me.
3: As he died to make men holy, let us.